It wasn't pretty necessarily, but the Boston Bruins got the job done last night against the New York Islanders in a game that they had circled on the calendar as a potential trouble spot on the schedule. Let's talk about who stepped up and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things Spoked B. Today is Wednesday, December 14th. And I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. The podcast is free and available on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast is what I use. Uh, please do smash that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing. The podcast is also available in video form on the Locked On Bruins YouTube channel, where you can get uh, breaking news clips as well, some post-game reactions, uh, etc. If you want to follow along on Twitter and Instagram, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Let's talk about last night's win over the New York Islanders, shall we? And when Jim Montgomery and general manager Don Sweeney met back in the summer to go over the Bruins' schedule this season, there were a few games they identified as potential trouble spots. And last night's game against the Islanders was one of them. The Bruins were coming home after a week-long Western road trip. It included stops in Colorado, Arizona, and Vegas. Cross-country travel across time zones only one day between Saturday or sorry, Sunday's game in Vegas, last night's game. And uh, they kind of penciled it in as a loss. Potential loss, anyways. The Bruins rewriting that script and they prevailed securing two points in a 4-3 shootout win over the Islanders at TD Garden. It was pretty ugly early on, not going to lie. And the first few goals that went in, some pretty weird bounces. And uh, there was a post early on by uh, J.G. Pajot, some big saves made by Linus Ulmark to keep it tight. And Montgomery said to get two points out of this game, um, is pretty uh, pretty remarkable. The Bruins were moving slowly, readjusting, uh, likely still on mountain time entering the game. He said everybody goes through it, of course. There's a couple games every year where you look like you should have success, and there's games where it's going to be a real battle. You think back to Friday's game in Arizona, that's one that they probably deserved a better fate. Last night, they looked sluggish in the first, probably their worst first period of the year, uh, and they expected it. But the second period, they started getting their legs going. An incredible effort, gutsy effort from the group 
in there to will themselves against a really good hockey team. The Islanders came out flying, brought a big surge in the opening minutes, but Linus Allmark kept them at bay and uh, holding off what could have easily been an early multi-goal deficit for the Boston Bruins. But it was Boston who struck first. Jake DeBrusque scoring twice in 19 seconds over the first 10 minutes of the first period. Uh, His 10th and 11th goals of the season. Not the prettiest of goals. Some deflections, weird bounces. Uh, Josh Bailey brought the Islanders to within one before the end of the first. They actually tied it. About midway through the second period on a Noah Dobson goal, uh, Derek Forbort scored a beautiful shorthanded goal near the end of the second. Uh, The Bruins did allow the Islanders to tie it. Casey Sezikis in the third, about 440. Uh, And then there was no scoring the rest of the way until it was decided in uh, the shootout. Again, Allmark kept the team in, in the early going. They got that 2-0 lead. Uh, power play goal where DeBrusque tipped home a David Pasternak shot. And then the second goal, he threw a backhand pass towards the slot and it banked off an Owls defender to beat Semyon Varlamov. Um, that goal by Derek Forbort was... Created in part by Jake DeBrusque scooping up a loose puck just inside the Bruins' blue line. Carried it through the neutral zone. Dropped a feed to Pavel Zaka. And then Zaka fed a trailing Derek Forbort who just buried a beautiful wrist shot far side over Varlamov's glove for the 3-2 lead at the time. Um, We're going to talk more about DeBrusque and Zaka specifically. But Linus Olmark deserves a lot of credit, like I said, for keeping the team in the game early on. It wasn't his strongest game overall of the season. He allowed three goals on 26 shots against for an 885 save percentage. But he did improve to 17-1-0 on the season. And uh, made some big saves early, like I mentioned, and another on a backhand breakaway attempt by J.G. Pajot in overtime. He's now the fifth goalie in NHL history to register 17 or more wins through his first 20 games of a season. Uh, Joining Tiny Thompson of the Bruins back in 1920-30, most recently It was done by Andrew Hammond in that season in which uh, he kind of stole a playoff spot for the Senators. DeBrusque said, Allmark's been amazing. Probably the biggest reason why they've done so well. Um, He's been a rock back there. Something that gives you a lot of confidence as a player, knowing that he'll make the stops at the right times. Uh, You can gain momentum as a goalie really fast when you string a couple together especially at the beginning of the year. The Bruins have needed him. He's answered the call. And even tonight, he stepped up huge. 
uh, in the shootout and in overtime, especially. All right, we're going to talk more about Jake DeBrusque and Pavel Zaka, their contributions last night and to the team overall. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season to basketball, the World Cup, which is about to wrap up, and of course, your nightly NHL action. They've got it all at betonline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Pavel Zaka, Jake DeBrusque, instrumental in last night's win over the New York Islanders. Pavel Zaka with two assists, a primary assist on Forbort's shorthanded goal, and a secondary assist on Jake DeBrusque's second goal of the game. Uh, DeBrusque had the two goals, and he had a secondary assist on Forbort's goal, which is notable because, like I said, that was a shorthanded. Zaka, DeBrusque, both playing on the penalty kill there as well. I'm giving them both co-big bears of the game. Uh, when it comes to Zaka, his two assists, he now has three helpers over his last two games since moving to center in place of David Krejci. Krejci missing his second straight game with an injury that uh, Jim Montgomery said if it was the playoffs, he'd likely be playing, but uh, they're being extra cautious with the veteran center. Um, Montgomery believes Zaka has benefited from being able to learn from Boston's veteran core. He now has 19 points in 28 games, more than halfway to eclipsing his career high, which he set last season of 36 points. The Bruins have only played 28 games. Montgomery said, having spoken to a couple of coaches that have coached him, they told me his hockey sense and his vision were really good. The thing that's helped him become an even better player is being around Marshan, Pasternak, Krejci, Bergeron, Felino. The Bruins have guys that work. And when you see the work that goes in day in and day out, it's almost by osmosis that you become a more competitive player. He's realized that this is what makes these guys so good, and it's making him better as well. One area that still needs some work, especially if he's going to play center, is his face-off uh, percentage. He won just 20% of his face-offs, and he acknowledges it's just more practice. When you don't play center, he didn't really play it last year, didn't start there with the Bruins. Um, then you need that timing, puck blocking the stick, getting more practice, and it's just something he's going to work on, especially if the Bruins are going to rely on him down the middle in the post-Bergeron and Krejci eras. Uh, Zach, of course, is a free agent after this season. He's going to need a new deal, and I really do believe that he's 
proving to be um, a valuable piece moving forward. Whether they focus in on him to keep him at center or if they bring in another center remains to be seen. But if he's going to play down the middle, then he really does need to work on his face-offs. That's certainly a, uh, a weakness in his game right now, but it just comes with, uh, with reps. Jake DeBrusque, I'm going to give him the co-big bear. He had two goals, one assist, six shots on goal, a couple hits, a couple blocks, just a beast all over the ice. He also added a shootout goal that helped decide the game. David Pasternak ultimately scoring the shootout winner for the Boston Bruins. Um, he said it's not necessarily the game they wanted to play. There was definitely some fatigue from travel. Every excuse in the books to lose this one. Give the Islanders credit. They played a really hard game, played consistent throughout, found a way to battle back, but Linus kept them in the game all night long and the Bruins got the bounces they needed to get this one done. Um, he also credited Forbort for his goal. What a snipe. Very impressed, to say the least, and happy to see that. Now, DeBrusque earned number one star honors after adding that shootout goal. Uh, Three-point night, making him the sixth player this season to register a point at even strength a point on the power play, and a point shorthanded, according to NHL stats. And that is, like, who would have thought a couple of years ago that Jake DeBrusque would be so valuable on the penalty kill, playing so well at even strength. He had uh, 1 minute and 11 seconds shorthanded, 24 seconds of ice time, on the power play, the Bruins only had a couple chances. They made good on that one, which obviously cut the power play time short. Uh, but Montgomery said when he has the puck, he has the ability to put defensemen on their heels. And that's in all situations. He attacks defensemen, uh, had a rush in overtime where he zipped just north of the crease. Thought he had a chance to end it there. Uh, for the hat trick. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but uh, just an incredible effort from Jake DeBrusque, who is really coming into his own this season and, you know, is on pace to set some new career highs. Right now, he's sitting on uh, 11 goals, 12 assists through 27 games. He is on pace for 32 goals, 35 assists, and 67 points, which would be uh, career highs in each category. Uh, so a great progression here for Jake DeBrusque this season, finding uh, even more confidence under Jim Montgomery. You know, Bruce Cassidy deserves a bit of credit for Perhaps not giving him uh, the kick in the butt that he needed, but for deploying him on the first line, that's an assignment that stuck under Montgomery. And he's showing that he can be trusted in all situations. And that's a, a huge step forward in his career. Uh, the Bruins 
did hold the advantage. Actually, no, they were out attempted by the Islanders last night in all situations, 60 to 57. Shots were 33-26 in favor of the Bruins. Boston had the edge in scoring chances. High danger chances were equal and expected goals pretty much equal. 2.9 for the Bruins versus 2.96 for the Islanders. Kind of fitting, I guess, that it ended in a shootout. Bit of a toss-up last night. But the Bruins deserve a lot of credit for stepping up and uh, getting those two points after that rigorous road trip and uh, cross-country travel coming back uh, into this one. Some other notable performances. Uh, Forbort, like I mentioned, had the shorthanded goal. David Pasternak added an assist to increase his point totals, and he just continues to prove that he's going to get a massive contract on his next deal. 39 points through 28 games. And uh, he is looking like one of, not just one of the best wingers in the NHL, but one of the best players overall. And what I talked about with Zaka early on, it's the same with Pasternak, learning how to play the right way, learning how to uh, put in the work to become a 200-foot player. I mean, he's got 39 points. He's 20 points off the league lead. That would be uh, Connor McDavid with 59 points, Leon Saddle, 51. Take them out of the equation. You have Tage Thompson, 44, Jason Robertson, 43, Nikita Kucherov at 42, and then Pasternak tied with Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Uh just a, a special season being put together by David Pasternak. Not quite McDavid, dry side of level, but um, one of the top scorers in the league. And uh, I'm excited to see his continued progression. A little worried about his AAV continuing to climb higher and higher. He said the other day that he's not interested in setting a new bar in terms of biggest contracts around the NHL. I'm sure that was music to Don Sweeney's ears. And um, hopefully they get that resolved sometime soon. All right, after the break, we're going to talk about what's next for the Bruins, as well as some news and notes from around the NHL. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. The Boston Bruins have today off. There will be no practice as they yeah get a well-earned day of rest catch up with family after uh, the long road trip and getting ready for last night's game they'll be back in action uh they actually have five games left on the schedule between now and the mini christmas break back in action next against the los angeles kings on thursday the kings 
were beaten last night by the um, Buffalo Sabres in a pretty big way. Six nothing losers to Buffalo. Uh, so the Bruins will have a chance. You can look at it two ways. The Bruins will have a chance to beat a team that lost pretty big to the Sabres, or they'll be playing a team that will be eager to uh, bounce back and kind of shake off that loss. Congratulations to um, Alexander Ovechkin, who scored his 800th career goal last night. I have maybe told this story on the podcast before, but back early in Ovechkin's career, I went to a game in Ottawa, Capitals, Senators, and saw Ovechkin score four goals in that game. Easily could have scored five or six the way he was playing that night. And uh, we are blessed to have been able to watch this guy score more goals than only two players in NHL history, being Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe. Uh, Finally, I put out a tweet this morning about Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, a lot of talk about those guys potentially being available and whether or not the Bruins would be interested. Um, Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman discussed possible destinations for uh, Bo Horvat, who I would be much more interested in than either Kane or Taves, not only just because of, you know, the 2013, but also because of the legacy that they have left in Chicago with respect to the Kyle Beach situation. I just not really interested in either of those. First of all, Taves is pretty washed. I don't know if he could really make that much of a difference. Where would he play um, is a big question. With Horvat, at least, you could perhaps put him third line center, move Coyle over to right wing. Or, um, I mean, who knows? Having Horvat is much better situation because, again, like I said yesterday, you have the ability to negotiate exclusively, exclusively with him for his next deal before he becomes a uh, an unrestricted free agent. That's my two cents. No, no real interest in adding either Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves to this Bruins group. And I mean, at the moment, do they really need to add? You always need depth. You always need added scoring when it comes to the playoffs. So yeah, it's certainly worth exploring, but the way they're playing right now, um, not too many players you'd want to take out of the lineup. And of course, only so much cap space to work with. Tomorrow's podcast, I will preview the game against the Los Angeles Kings. We're going to take our weekly look at the top five teams around the NHL and where the Bruins fit in, uh, otherwise known as the cup check, and bring you all the latest on the black and gold. If there's any breaking news, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, and I will post that there for sure. And uh, yeah, hope you're all doing well, having a great week. 
not going to lie, it's been a, a difficult, challenging one around here uh, for a variety of reasons, but I'm thankful to be able to jump on here, talk about the Bruins every day, and uh, what a team they are to watch at the moment. All right, take care, friends. Talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins, your favorite team every single day.